latinos anden despertando. Abre los ojos para ver lo que estamos. Put up your manos. Members of Tantan, United, Chicanos, Latinos, and Los Estados Unidos. Don't care if you're Ricans or even Cubanos. Look at our coaches. We have more work coming. Don't let them divide. These suckers are vultures. Either we stand it together or better be standing aside. Now is the time. Don't know about you, but I'm gonna ride. We gotta climb. Fight for your bayers, man. Where was your pride? Where were the gunners that you got inside? Look how our ancestors came to this country. They tried to be living the American dream. Don't throw it away. They promised your money and catch your agent for the machine pick a new team you flip up the lizard but that is a system that you want to bring you need to think we gotta fight communism because it looks like we on the brink connect to the link so one party system is taking the power from all of the people we need to think who are you listen these people are evil that want you to think what's the world is your plan hand in hand we're standing together because this is what never to do what you can please understand we gotta do better so what can remember that we took a stand escuchame Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Latino Free Minds. Daniel with my co-host Danny here. Uh, episode number, we're, we're 35 deep. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're moving. Uh, this episode, we have, uh, how could I introduce you? He's been, uh, he's been shared by the Top Eagle, if I'm, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, and you're Tucker Carlson's, uh, favorite content creator, as far as I know, uh, Matt, Kim, how you doing, man? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Thank you for having me guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for, oh, thanks for coming on. I, I need a better intro video, by the way, you guys <laughs> intro videos like fire and my <laughs> intro video is like nothing. So yeah, you guys need to hook me up with that. That's all yeah, Daniel yeah. right there. He's, uh, the creative one. He's actually an artist you know he he raps and he's got some songs out there too so mm. yeah no, that was, that was uh i have a song called vamos which basically means let's go mm. um it's uh i released it like i want to say a couple months ago it's it's all spanish because i wanted to do an all spanish song for the latino community just kind of talking about uh you know things things that are going on things that how I see them from a different perspective. And then the one I use right now for the intro is the is the verse for the remix. So I have a, a friend named Carlos. That's the guy that you heard right now. So that's that's his verse. He kind of I thought he did a really good job. So I was like, I'm gonna use that as the intro. <laughs> how are you not going to send that to me? I'll send it to you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I need to hear it. <laughs> for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. We'll probably release the remix in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that that's that's from there. So whoever tunes in gets to hear it first. <laughs> for sure. So, you know, thanks again. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, we have a lot of I kind of came across you through my wife. So hmm. um, so we started doing this podcast in November last year. And, you know, we called it Latino Free Minds because, you know, we're we're talking about things where we're thinking freely and and we're tired of getting manipulated right because uh to us that's the root cause of a lot of the issues that we see today or how people interpret things right so i want to say like maybe five six months ago she sent me one of your videos and she was like hey look at this guy she's kind of he's kind of doing uh what you guys are doing i was like oh, okay so then from there i just kind of 
I don't remember what exact video it was, but it's like, yeah, you know, I was watching and I was just like, okay, yeah, I, like that makes a lot of sense. So uh, how, how did you kind of get started in that? What motivated you into, into getting into the content that you're making? So I started my podcast, I think January. Okay. And it's not something I was really planning on doing. It's not something I had really planned for in life. And when my daughter was born last year, I spent maybe two or three months at home and I'm trying to help out. And I'm always listening to podcasts because there's a lot of time at home, like downtime. Mm -hmm. And I started yelling at the TV, right? Watching the news, yelling at it, yelling at it. And my wife's like, seriously, like you're going to wake up the kid, go tell someone that cares. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I walked into my office one day and, uh, you know, you've spoken to Will. Yeah. I said, Will, we're starting a podcast. He's like, what are you talking about, man? I'm like, we're going to do it and we're starting today. And he's like, all right, down, let's go. And that's kind of how it started. Just one of those moments where I'm like, I had this idea. I want to kind of put my words out into the world. And day one, we just got to work. We started building out a little studio and uh, we started putting clips online. And in the beginning, no one listens. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to kind of pick up steam. Yeah. And we were trying to figure it out, you know, like, what the hell are we doing here? What's working? What's not working? And it just takes time to find your voice, to find your message, to find your cadence, to find what resonates with people, you know. And fortunately, we've been picking up, like, pretty good steam these days. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, you know, it is something that, like, you know, you would want it to grow faster, mm. get out. But, you know, it does it does take time. And I think the the main thing that kind of when I start thinking about that is just like, OK, just be consistent, like keep going, keep going. Mm. Eventually, you know, little by little, you see it, you know, the numbers kind of going up little by little. So just just keep going. And, and eventually, you know, people are going to listen. Yeah, I yeah. think when I when we first started, you know, um, I started doing some interviews because I know a few like interesting or like pretty successful people and I brought them in. And the good thing about the interview is that you get to get introduced to their audience. Right. Mm -hmm. So that went OK. And then we were making clips and we do what everyone does, which is you make a podcast and you repurpose it for Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's. 99% of podcasters, that's what they do. Yeah. And I think we were into June. And in June, I was like, man, there's a lot of people out there who spend maybe 100% of their social media time on Instagram. We should make videos specifically for Instagram. Not recycle videos, but make it specifically for that format. So mm. try the first video I made, I tried to be like, all right, it has to be under 60 seconds. Because no one on Instagram is going to listen to more than 60 seconds. And we made it. We put some music behind it. And it did like, we were averaging maybe 3,000 views on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That first video we made, it did like 30,000. And we're like, whoa, mm -hmm. what the hell just happened here? Let's do another one. And we did. And that one did like 50,000. I was like, huh, let's do one more. And it next one did like a million. And we're like, all right, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. People on Instagram w are sick of having repurposed content. They don't want the leftover content and it cuts up. And sometimes you take a podcast and you try to cut it up and you lose a little bit of your message, right? Mm -hmm. So when we started making videos directly for Instagram, 
that's when the growth just started going. Mm-hmm. And after they listened to your clips on Instagram, like two, three, four of them, like, hey, you should have a long form. And I'm like, actually, I do. That's where I started. <laughs> and people start finding you back. You know, we like his ideas. We like what he's talking about. I'm going to check out one episode. And you get them on one episode, then they'll come back for a second and a third. And you kind of just slowly build up steam there. So I mm. think that really was what worked for me is that creating content specifically for short form. Gotcha. And and the content has to be good. It has to resonate with people or yeah. otherwise um, it wouldn't get that many views. So you're doing multiple things, right? Uh, just in that, what you just described with the Instagram right there. But yeah. is there anything in specific that just, you know, sparked that, um, that yeah, thought, well, well, I'm going to go do this right now. Was it anything in specific? Because you do cover a wide range of topics. Mm. So was there anything in specific that just, you know, made that drive, you know, a reality? Or I mean, the, the one of the first few videos I did um, was talking about about different things that people that the government and the establishment had lied to you on the obvious things. Mm-hmm. They lied to you about COVID. They lied to you about this, etc. And that video, people weren't really saying that in that type of format before. Yeah. Right. And I think people were like, "What the hell? Like you're allowed to say this?" And I didn't get canceled. I didn't get shut down. I didn't get deleted. And people were like, "All right, like that's pretty brave. I can't believe you just said that." Yeah. And I kind of just kind of went from there, you know, like all these things that we think about, all these things that we talk about in private, the topics that they tell us that we're not allowed to put on the internet. I was like, you know what? I think we're allowed to talk about it. There's not, there's nothing legally that says I can't talk about these things. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of bullshit that people feel like they can't. Mm -hmm. So I just started talking about the things that we think about on a regular basis, things that if we were sitting around at the bar, and we have a conversation on, like, why can't we put that on the internet? What's wrong with that? Well, yeah, it's the way that they they deliver the message. They make it seem mm. as we're the minority when we're actually the majority. Mm. And that's something that we really talk about in, in our po- podcast a lot is that it's the illusion that we're the minority. But mm. like you said, you know, whether it's homework, at the bar, whatever the case may be, you know, we're having these conversations freely and we're expressing our true feelings and emotions uh, about what everything that's going on and but they make us feel like we're we're the minority mm-hmm. so it's kind of like taboo to bring it up you know so that's good and people like you and us are needed so that we can break that i don't know what you would call it illusion just to mm-hmm. go with that but you know we need to you know break through that so a lot of people need that little push to let them know that you're not the minority i think being one of the first to just go out there and say it, right? The things that we think about, just go out and say it, it almost makes people feel like they can do it too, mm-hmm. right? Because no one wants to be the first person to jump off the cliff. <laughs> but mm-hmm. once you see someone jump off the cliff, they jump into the water and they're fine. Everyone's like, bro, me too. They're having a blast. <laughs> exactly. Now everyone's having a, now it's a huge party. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't say I'm the first to do it. I've obviously, taken a lot of inspiration from other people that have done it first but i'm the first person i knew that did it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i think that's really all that's good enough you know yeah. just be that guy who cares yeah and, and that's the thing too you know the the way that they painted things is just having a lot of people 
self-censor, mm. you know, or or they have that fear of, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to lose my job if if getting canceled, getting canceled, mm. right? And you know, I, I I understand that fear, right? You know, who 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 wants to lose their job? And depending on what state you're in, where you're, you know, your company you work for, you could unfortunately say the wrong thing. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people um, silent, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's that's something that hopefully people like us talking and, and saying these things that, like you said, maybe people are like, oh, man, I can't believe you said that. But it's like, hey, we, this is what we talk about all the time. There, there is this fear that you can get canceled, that you can get fired, but that only happens if the people that speak up are the minority. Mm-hmm. What would happen if everybody spoke out? Mm. Who They're going to cancel everyone from the internet? Who's going to download their apps? Who's going to watch their content? Who's going to watch the ads, right? Mm-hmm. What if everyone spoke out? They're going to fire everybody? Who's going to work? Yeah. If enough people do it, it forces them to readjust how they do things. Mm. It's when only a few people speak out that it's easy to cancel. I'm gonna cancel Matt, I'm gonna cancel Daniel, and I'm gonna cancel Danny. Easy. But what if there are a million of us? Mm. Now what? There's mm-hmm. nothing they can do about it. Who is gonna consume all of that content that they put out there? Who's gonna sit there and watch all that Netflix if everyone's account gets deleted? <laughs> it's not possible. It's not a feasible solution. Mm-hmm. So the fear is, the weapon isn't the cancellation. It's making people scared that they can get canceled. Mm. But once you realize that that's a boogeyman and that they're not going to go out and cancel everybody. And I think what I'm doing online proves that, right? Because I'm very specific with my words, especially in, in the short form, that I don't say anything deliberately that I know for sure is over the line, right? Mm-hmm. If anything, I'll insinuate it or I'll ask it in a question so that the comment section can say what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. I'll say like, you know, Michelle Obama has too much baggage and everyone in the comments was like, oh, she has balls, she has balls, she has balls. <laughs> so it's like this, right? I didn't say it. Yeah. The comment section does it, does it right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where I'm very careful on what I say. Um, at the same time, everyone knows what I mean. And it yeah. encourages people to go out and sometimes you say something a little crazy like that and like, whoa, we're allowed to say that too. <laughs> yeah, delivery is everything for sure. Mm. Um, and people can't be afraid, you know, but they might have to make adjustments like what you just talked about. But you could still deliver the message that you want to deliver in a mm. certain way. So, you know, we do talk to a lot of people. We've had uh, guests on before. And not to change the subject or anything like that, but, you know, one of the things that they always talk about, the one thing that woke them up or broke them out of that haze is COVID and everything mm-hmm. that happened with COVID. A lot of them were uh, business owners and um, that really woke them up. So I'm kind of surprised as, you know, everything that's happened with COVID, it actually has accelerated, you know, um, uh, opening the eyes of what is really going on. And I I listened to your content and it also um, highlights the way that they manipulate us, the Mm. stories that they don't talk about, the stories that they do talk about, you know, how they're distractions and stuff like that. The thing about, because I think we all agree now that the media and news is propaganda, right? Mm. They are trying to decide for you what you should be thinking about. 
the scary thing about propaganda is that it's not only things that you that you disagree with it's also things that you do agree with right for example we all believe child trafficking is bad right we can all agree that but they want everyone to think about that at the same exact moment right we all agree it we don't no one thinks that that should be a thing but all of a sudden everyone talks about it at the same time that's also propaganda mm -hmm. right they're mm -hmm. trying to manipulate not only what you think about but when you think about it so that's such a hard balance to make and i try to i try my best to if i hear a topic for example any news story that trends or anything that i hear maybe in a conversation or at lunch or dinner with friends what are people talking about and when i hear a story and i say huh i want to know more that's when i go so i go okay i'll spend like two three four hours looking into this topic because most people they don't want to do that they don't have the time for that they don't enjoy that i love that so i'll sit there and i'll read the msnbc i'll read cnn i'll read i'll read ap news i'll read Reuters. i'll read fox news i'll read new map newsmax i'll go into like government documents and i'll read the indictments and all of this and after like four hours i'm like all right what do i really think now how do i perceive this to be after i've been able to read from every single side possible and i think more people should do that more people mm -hmm. don't have the time to do that uh, but i'm willing to do that for you and i think that's why a lot of people like watching my clips because i'll summarize a topic in three minutes and try to give a wider perspective and people say matt you are so objective no i'm not i am not objective at all the way you state facts is also a part of your story so mm -hmm. i can put in certain facts to tell my story and i can leave out certain facts to tell my story but i'm still telling my opinion from my perspective and telling my story i'm just using the propaganda media as my evidence which you know the left hates when you do that right <laughs> yeah when you use their words against them yeah, yeah. their words and their actions mm. yeah i mean and that's one thing that yeah from your from your clips right i just kind of wondered too sometimes i was like because like you said everyone will be talking about the same thing or you'll see mm. the same uh stories you know especially like the bigger if you want to call them influential accounts mm. like you know mm. on both sides like they're sharing the same basically mm. the same thing the same videos the same this same that and then you know and i come across your stuff and it's like you're talking about this other thing that's also happening so it's like yeah i think that's why people are you know really enjoy uh checking your stuff out because it's like yeah everybody's talking about you know so and so but why aren't they talking about this and it's like mm. and it just makes you it, it's good the way you break it down, it's like, like you said, it's, it's two, three minutes and it's like, oh, you, you learn a lot in just that little, that small clip, you know? You really need to ask yourself because there are a lot of uh, content creators and talking heads that I watch, right? There's the guys that you watch. Everyone has their favorite mm -hmm. five, six people that they watch, right? You really have to ask yourself, do I feel like this guy has the integrity to say no? when they say, hey, we'll pay you to talk about this topic. Mm -hmm. And if you think for a second that, hey, I don't know, man, I feel like this guy would sell out even for a topic that he agrees with, you really got to look at him with a grain of salt because now you can't trust anything he says. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part of it. Some of the biggest content creators out there have 30, 40, 50, 100 people team. 
if someone shows up and says, we'll give you 50 grand, talk about this topic, and you got 100 mouths to feed, a lot of people are like, all right, give me the money. What do you mm -hmm. want me to talk about? Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really hard, man. That's really hard to figure out. And that sucks, you know, that even the people that we trust, you can't trust. Yeah. That's crazy. I was just thinking about that the other day, too. It's like, you know, I feel like because I was kind of thinking about that. It's like, how do these people just share the same, you know, the same videos? It's just basically like kind of reactionary videos. Like, mm. look at this. I'm mad. Be mad, too, kind of mm -hmm. thing. And a lot of them do it. And it's like, is, is someone paying? That's I had that thought. It's like, is someone paying them? All these people that are, you know, have a huge following to just post the same thing almost not exactly at the same time, but you know, it's in that same day within the same hour. It's like you see five accounts and it's like, boom, they all got the same thing. So yeah, I saw that and I kind of stopped following people because it's like, dude, you're posting the same thing as this guy and this guy and this guy. So it's like, I'll just follow one of you at this point because <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the same thing. Well, I think it's one of those things where everybody's talked about the 4 a.m. talking points that the, uh, mainstream media gets right mm -hmm. so you know get they get the talking points they everybody's seen the collages of you know across the nation they're basically saying everything word for word you know exactly the same so you know content creators feed off of that and maybe you know they're getting influenced like you said matt you know they're getting paid to basically the same the same thing so now you know podcasts um and people out there in social media become part of that same machine that is giving the talking points. So at at some point you have to, you know, like you said, it's hard to trust those people now once you start seeing those patterns and you have to trust yourself and have enough confidence and break away and look through beyond that BS, you know, that they're trying to feed us. And I think one of the, we had a, we started talking about what was happening in Chicago and it's actually happening in Philadelphia right now mm. where they're running rampant over there and, you know, just causing mayhem. Right. And the mayor from Chicago came out and said, you know, don't condemn, you know, these young people that are out there running around and destroying things. And I was telling Daniel, I was like, you know what? Someone should have flipped it on them and said, you're right. We can't condemn these people because you're the ones that we should be condemning because you're the ones that allowed this to happen and just flip it on them and 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 take whatever storyline that he wanted to feed us and flip it around on them and put the spotlight on them. I, I was talking to a um, former CNN producer today. Ooh. And what they said was, for example, in Portland, there's rioting all the time in Portland, right? We see on the news every single time. Actually, Every Saturday, there's a riot scheduled no matter what. Jeez. The protest is scheduled every Saturday no matter what. It's just what the topic is that they're protesting about. Mm. And the news will show up selectively based on what the topic is. The, ran the riots, the protests, these are not random incidents. These are planned way ahead of time. And then the news chooses when they're going to cover it based on the narrative they want to put out. Mm -hmm. So it's not a random violence or it's not a random thing that just popped out of nowhere. Like, Oh my gosh, look at this. No, like they've been working on this thing for months. Yeah. It's a, it's a production. It is a production. 
it's a production that they put on and you know we've talked about it here before is um you know i started paying attention to a lot of these things in the a, a long time ago and um there was um was it simmerman hmm. the with the whole shooting do you, do you guys remember that yeah, the guy in florida, in florida? Yeah. Okay. Is it andrew zimmerman and yeah. javon martin i think there you go hmm. So I was reading the story. I was kind of, like you said, doing the research and after the court hearings and everything. So months after all of that happened, it comes out that um, mainstream media took the audio of the 911 call and they edited it mm. and they played it as if, you know, that's what happened in real time. Uh, so, you know, mainstream media got sued. They actually got sued. Zimmerman made a lot of money off of that and stuff like that. but. I didn't realize that that was a thing that the media did. They didn't care if they got sued because the point was that they got the story out, they got the people riled up, they got the dividing card fear that they wanted. So it fit their purpose. It did it did its job. And they didn't care if they got sued, if they got caught for that matter. You know, they would put a little statement or apology in some sort of newspaper or a broadcast like in the beginning of it that's real short and sweet but it got the job done and that's kind of what started opening my eyes and i said you know what uh this propaganda is no joke they have no shame and people don't even realize that it's happening mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then that that kind of goes into uh you had tweeted this out so i got the screen grab of this one where you said there there are a million people in the mm -hmm. world that have no idea they sit on the wrong side of history uh, great, honest, caring people, unknowingly indoctrinated by the corrupt propaganda state. Is it their fault? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I saw that earlier and, you know, I was kind of thinking, I was like, man, is it their fault? And then to some, to, in some instances, I say yes. Some instances I say no. Right. Because, you know, the, the reason I say no for some is because there's a lot of people that, like you said, they, they're, they're naive, right? They tune into the news and then it's like, they kind of have that trust that blind trust in the news that okay whatever they're telling me here is true right they're kind of like the news wouldn't lie to me and it's a crazy way to think but yeah there are people that think that way right and then the reason i go okay well yes is because you have all these other people that are calling out you know when when this stuff is inaccurate and they choose to ignore it so i don't know it's like i'm i'm in the middle like it's a yes and a no because some people don't know they're being manipulated, right? And then there's people that hear the people that are trying to wake them up, but they ignore them. So it's like, where where do you land on the question on your own question, basically? So let let me uh kind of open your mind to this question, right? Right. There are a lot of people that says, "I'm awake. I know what's going on in the world," mm -hmm. right? I watch Fox News. I listen to Daily Wire. I know what's going on. Everything they're putting at us and all this left extremist shit, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in their mind think that. But how do they know? But all they do is consume the media that they're given also. Mm -hmm. Are they, do the people that think they're awake even truly awake? How do you know that you're awake? How do you know that you actually see the truth? Mm -hmm. do, you get a, do you get a phone call? Do you get a card? You get an award, so hey, congratulations, you're not awake. Like you never actually know. Mm -hmm. So what does that even mean to be aware? 
How do you ever know that what you think is actually true? And that's really the biggest mind of it, right? It's like inception. How do you know you're awake? If you're if you're a dream in a dream in a dream in a dream, at mm-hmm. some point, like you're lost. And that's the scariest part of it. Like, even if you think that you know what's going on, how do you know that what you think is not what they want you to think that you think? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes so many levels deep. Yeah. I think when you start exploring all of the questions, all of the angles, that's when you're, you could call yourself awake, mm. in my opinion. Um, in life experience, you know, growing up, it's like, um, I know through, you know, going to uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, the music that we listen to, politicians, politics, uh, they're indoctrinated, they're, they're, they're manipulating us. At that time, I did not know that, but as you go through life, you start seeing some patterns, you start believing something, and then you find out the truth that it, it really isn't the way that they're painting it out to be, right? So I would have to say, you know, just going through life experiences and then looking at different angles, you know, um, I was in an office when Trump made those comments, you know, when he started running Mm -hmm. and uh, people were in an uproar, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like violent, like, you know, (laughs) really visibly upset. And someone asked me about it and I'm like, I want to hear what he said in its full context, no Mm -hmm. editing, no nothing. I want to hear everything. People really don't have that type of reaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you start becoming awake is when um, you're not triggered easily. You want to, you know, assess the situation for yourself and look at it from different perspectives and get the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of, in a sense, ask why, okay, why did that happen? Or why did he say that? Or, you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter from what side it's coming on. It's like, okay, why is, why are they doing this now? Why, why is he saying this now? And in, in a sense, it's like, you're, you're out of that manipulation for sure. Because like Danny said, it's like, you're not easily triggered and it's not, because I think they, one of the goals is to have people emotional so that when it comes time to vote or do anything, make a decision. It's like they got you. Mm-hmm. So if they got you emotional, they're they're controlling the the decision you make. So you know, being able to kind of step step back and it's simple. You just hey, why? So why did this happen? Why are they saying this? You know, like Danny said, what did he really say? So you start asking those simple who, what, where, when, why kind of questions that you know you you grew up saying you know where they kept telling you hey ask those questions then you kind of get an idea like there because yeah there is things on both sides that have you wondering like okay well why is this happening why is that and it it does get tough right because then it's like well you get to a point where it's like can i even believe them can i believe what they're saying and it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) it's it's a tough thing to figure out Mm -hmm. because like you know, when he made, I think we're referencing the uh, Mexican comment that everyone talks about. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I want to do my own research. I'm going to look up for myself. I want to see what's going on. And then what do you do? I'm going to go to the internet, Google. And they're like, okay, here's the longer clip. And then you watch it. Okay, is that the whole clip? Do I get more? Is there less? 
it's so difficult to even figure that out. You know, what do you say before that? What do you say after that? What was the whole context of conversation? Can I find the entire thing? All right, the speech was an hour long. Am I going to sit here and watch an hour of it? Mm-hmm. And people would rather, okay, I don't want to watch an hour long video. I don't want to watch the entire speech. So I'm going to go find somebody that watched it and told me what I should think about this. Mm. Now, how do you know if that person that you're going to check out has your best interest at heart too, right? Anytime there's, if there's anything that you truly believe and that you feel it's really strong about something, an issue that triggers you, you got analyzed, right? Why do I, why do I care? Where did I get my information from? All right. I got it from this talking head that I really like. Does that guy really have my best interest at heart? And if he doesn't, maybe you need to go down your own rabbit hole, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's, how can I put it? People don't, is it because of the short attention span, I guess? Uh, Or just people in general, just, they don't got time. You know, they don't make the time. People, a lot of people have time. They just don't make the time for it because, you know, if it's something that that really is affecting you, whether it's mentally or emotionally or whatnot, I think people should take the time to say, OK, let me see this entire thing. It's one hour. It's like, OK, I'm going to watch this for an hour instead of watching, I don't know, the 30th episode of whatever. Mm. You know, it's like it's because if people can take the time to watch Netflix for three, four hours and, and that has no effect on, you know, decision-making policy-making and all that other stuff, but you can't take the time to watch, you know, even if it's half hour, one hour of, of a speech, then, you know, you shouldn't be getting so riled up with these little clips here and there because you're, you as a person aren't taking the time to actually investigate, or like you said, go down the rabbit hole and say, and see, if all right should i really be mad yeah but the other side of it too is this is that um it's it's not the cool thing to do you know we talked about it you know i remember you know when i used to be i'm I'm still into sports but not as heavily as i used to be i mean we were we were doing fantasy football mm-hmm. leagues and things of that nature and just growing up we could you know spout out you know all kinds of crazy stats for you know basketball football whatever sport you like and and that's the cool thing that you did with you know guys that worked or you know co-workers you know family members and stuff like that so it's not cool it, it, it's not you know we don't go back and we were like you know spouting off you know um things that happened in in politics or anything like that or how they lied to us or you know this center to this this congress went woman this or that or whatever the case may be it's it's not the cool thing to do and that's part of going through life and finding out what really is important what really isn't important and sometimes you don't get there unless you've you know you know gone through some things in life and you know start opening your eyes and unfortunately there's a lot of people that still aren't there and aren't going to get there so, you know, bringing it up in a in a way where it's appealing, kind of like what you were describing, you know, making it easy for easier for people to absorb and take in and opening your eyes. Um, I saw one of your clips where you were talking about, 
you know, if you just get that one person to grab that one clip that makes them question something, and then it's like opening a window, it's opening a door, you might get them to walk through that door and they see everything differently from that point forward. Yeah, I think um, I think the best way, if we're going to talk about how do you wake other people up, right? How do you make other people aware? Because that's a question I get a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you help people see uh, that they need to start things, think things a different way? That everything, what they believe, maybe is propaganda or that they're believing the uh, given narrative too closely, that they care too much about issues that aren't even issues. And I think the best way to do that is just be the best version of yourself. If you're the best version of yourself and you become someone of authority, if you become someone that people respect, if you become someone that your opinions matter, and then they find out later, hey, this guy's kind of based, they're gonna be like, wait a second, I really like this guy. I respect this guy. I respect his opinion. He's an honest, genuine person. Mm -hmm. And he believes things that I don't believe. Maybe there's merit to what he believes because he is someone that I respected and I looked up to. So I think instead of trying to tell people, you have to believe me. And it's different when you're on the internet versus in your small, close circles at home, right? Mm -hmm. Because we go to family barbecue and 80% of people like, you guys are an idiot. Trump's the devil, (laughs) right? You hear that all the time. And you sit there and you fight with him on like why you think otherwise, right? And it becomes Mm -hmm. a thing and people get mad at each other always. Happens all the time. Rather than doing that, if you're the person that acts maybe a little bit selfless, if you're willing to go the extra step to help people out, to just be the most honest, genuine person you can, ask people, how how are you? How was your day? Show real interest in people's lives. Then eventually they're like, wait a second, this guy likes Trump, or this guy is a bit pretty based, or this guy is a pretty conservative guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something to it. Maybe I can be more open to his ideas. Because if you're telling people this is how you have to think all the damn time, it people get really close off to that extremely quickly. You know, mm-hmm. you may have the best logical conclusion and logical argument ever, but if you feel like you're talking at them, if you feel like you're trying to change their mind, it's really hard to convince someone's mind. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you got into an argument with someone that's on the complete opposite side of you? And they said, hey, do you know what? After three hours of arguing with you, I see your side. I agree. Never happens. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. You know, I, I think living your life as a model, someone that wants people want to aspire to, that people want to uh, learn from, that's the best way to change people's minds. So mm-hmm. I try to live my life with as much integrity and honesty and genuinity as humanly possible. Because when people meet me, they're like, Matt, he's like a pretty good guy. I like him. And like, well, I'm pretty based and you're like super liberal. Like, well, maybe there's something to that because I like everything else, you know? Yeah, yeah. You start judging the person by the the person that you know versus the idea of of the person, which, you know, you get from different sources of like, all right, well, if this guy believes this and he must be racist he must be homophobic he must be this this and that and it just you know all the labels start landing on you based on one tiny um what do you call it instead of instead of someone just basing it off of their personal experience with you and you know and i think i mean 
I'm pretty sure I, I would imagine we all have lost friends that we had in the past just because of that. And people that knew you, you know, personally for X amount of years. And then, you know, they found out, okay, maybe I'm more conservative than, than, than you. And then they're not your friend no more. Then they resort to name calling and this and that. So it, it sucks. Cause you know, I'm pretty sure it's happened to a lot of people. And, you know, as you were saying that is like, I, w I work with a lot of uh, Spanish speaking, uh, you know, people, they, they're roofers. Right. Um, and, you know, every now and then, like, you know, I'm always respectful to them because, you know, I have to basically make them follow the rules so that they're safe. Right. <laughs> so a lot of the guys are stubborn. They want to do things their way or they think, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. So I got to approach them and I got to be approachable. Right. I got to be respectful and and just treat treat them, treat them, you know, good, like like a human. Um, and. Every now and then I'll get one that it will start asking me questions about, you know, what do you think of Trump? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I don't talk about it at work because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, Latinos are, you know, they believe they're Democrat, you know, but if they kind of go down the list, they'll find out real quick that they're not, but you know, they've been manipulated to kind of go that route. Uh, so, you know, every now and then I'll get a guy asking me what I think about Trump, this and that. And, you know, and, and sometimes like I start to think like, why are they asking me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I don't, I don't me go, up. yeah, I don't, I don't go at work and I'm not like talking about it. You know, I'm just at work. I'm just talking about work and that's it. And I don't know. It's probably that people get comfortable, right? They kind of know you and, and they just start, Hey, what do you think? Because at the end of the day, it's like, we're all living through this. Right. Um, so it's funny because they'll ask me and I'll just kind of, is it a set? Like you said, is it a setup? So and I flip it on them and I go, well, you tell me what you think first and then mm -hmm. I'll tell you I'll tell you if I agree or, or whatnot. So then they kind of start telling me their little spiel and then I'll go, OK, I'm, you know, I get that. And then I'll tell them how I feel. And and it's it's an easy conversation. Right. And even if we don't agree, um, I think that's needed more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times it's surprising. It's like, oh, we actually agree on these things. So, and, and I think those sometimes are more surprising. And, you know, just today I had a guy telling me like, Hey, do you think Trump's going to win? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, honestly, if you want me to tell you, honestly, I was like, I don't see a way that he doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, and, you know, and then, you know, you start going little by little about what you believe in, right. Unless they start to cheat and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I try to keep it minimal on that. And I just go, look, man, just. I was like, just look at the reality. Food's more expensive. Mm -hmm. Gas is more expensive. I was like, has your life gotten better since Biden's mm -hmm. been in office? And he's like, no. He's like, I, you know, I used to roof four or five houses a week. Now I'm only doing one or two. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, man. Like, you know, kind of threw the elections have consequence thing at him. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, it just kind of it kind of made me think of that as you were saying uh, what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, it's letting people know, number one. Like, is your life better today or four years ago? Mm -hmm. Most people are like, it wasn't that bad four years ago. Well, yep. they said that if Trump ever became president, the the world, the country would go to ruin, that the economy would fail, that he was a fascist, that he's not going to, he's going to take away all your freedoms, that he's going to kick everyone out of this country. That's what they told you. World War Three. But you're still here. There was mm -hmm. no war. The economy was pretty good. They told you all these things. But mm -hmm. nothing they told you would happen actually happened. Mm -hmm. 
we know. So when they say that's going to happen again, well, you told us that last time. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's no history to prove what you said because we've been through it before. Okay, what happens if Biden's president again? What has his history shown? Inflation gets high, the cost of living goes up, people are even more divisive than ever before. They say, oh, no, the second time it's going to be better. Really? Mm -hmm. History says that it's not. How are you going to tell me that all of a sudden, four years later, it's going to get better when we have three years of what's already happened, what's already occurred? Mm -hmm. We have four years of history with Trump. We have three years of history with Biden. How are you going to tell me all of a sudden, next election cycle, it's going to be better? Right. Like you can't just you can't just make it up and just tell me that just for the hell of saying it like there's actual history here is your life better now or before and it's a really simple question for a lot of people like mm -hmm. well i don't like trump because you know like he hates women okay was your life better before before now or before well it's better before but you know he's like a racist are you making more money now or before exactly. well i'm making more money now do you have more money no actually my savings is low mm -hmm. exactly yeah you know? yeah and so, that's why I, I i told i told the guy today i was like you know they want you to focus on the personality or like how how they come off right they present Biden to you as this nice old man that you know he looks like a nice grandpa right and then trump on the other hand they they make him seem like he's just this evil racist person but i was like you can't focus on that so you got to focus on the policy because that's what had you roofing four or five houses a week you've been working on sundays and now you're only doing one to two a week. So, you know, it's, I think, you know, one thing that we've said the past couple episodes is for, for people to vote based on their reality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we live in California. So there's a lot of, you know, I'm pretty sure you see a lot of good stuff from here. Uh, you know, the cities aren't in good shape anymore. There's a lot of homelessness, a lot of crime. And, you know, what we've been telling people is, you know, vote based on the reality you're living in. So if, if you see all this crime going on, you see your cities are dirty, just things just getting worse and worse. It's like vote based on your reality. Why are you going to continue to vote for the same thing if your reality keeps getting worse? Yeah, it, you, you have to look at it as a consumer is what we keep saying, too, is that they're the ones um, producing the product or bringing the product to you. Look around. What does that product look like and make your decisions based off of that? Because. Daniel brought it up earlier. It's uh, they want you to make emotional decisions, not rational decisions, but emotional. And it's about time that, you know, we we snap out of it and figure out that, you know, we have to make rational decisions, not just emotional, whatever they're presenting in front of us, you know, to divide us. So mm -hmm. I think it's all the same common themes, same patterns over and over and over. It's about time we snap out of it and identify those. Yeah, for sure. So can I ask you who's who who's going to be the two candidates in 2024? Oh, um, Trump uh, for the Republicans, obviously. And for the Democrats, it's going to be Michelle Obama. Ooh, OK. I, I, for sure. I was leaning towards uh, Trump Newsom. Mm. Oh, Newsom I might think, be vice president, no? I think Newsom would be vice president. Mm, I, yeah. I think it would be you can't have a old white president as a Democrat and then replace him with a younger version of him. Mm. People are like, oh, like, I thought you guys were equal. And what happened to equity? Uh, mm. How are you going to just put another white guy up? 
that's what the narrative is going to be mm. and so they're going to put in michelle obama who's re relatively very popular right yeah. uh, she's well liked within their circle and uh she's in the know so mm -hmm. i think that makes more sense i think they're going to ask biden to quietly leave mm -hmm. say that for health reasons and because you want to spend more time with your family say that you're going to step away and make room for who you believe is the best candidate which is michelle obama tell people that and we'll build you a mon monument and a big library mm. and if you're going to cause a problem and say that you're going to stay then we're going to keep on putting these indictments in we're going to ruin your name we're going to drag your name through the mud and uh, you're going to lose your legacy so what mm. do you want you've been in service with the u.s government for 40 30 40 years do you want to go out a hero or do you want us to ruin you mm -hmm. i feel like they, at this point in life yeah yeah and then they have the 25th amendment in their back pocket too mm. so they could yeah. go that route or you know drag his name through the mud like you said yeah, so yeah they, they, will, they, they got options there yeah mm -hmm. we will put you in the history book as a great uniter we will talk about all these th great things that you did you worked on an infrastructure bill right mm -hmm. You helped the Ukrainians in their war and saved their democracy. These will be things that will follow you around in history book forever. And history will remember you favorably. Mm. But you need to walk away quietly. Mm -hmm. And I think they make room for Michelle Obama. I think that. I think so. Yeah. Anyone else? I don't think there's another candidate out there that they think they have that can go up against Trump. Because that's, that's really it, right? Who does the Democrats have? that they truly believe has even the slightest chance to compete with Trump. It's not going to be some guy you've never heard of because mm -hmm. they can't beat Trump, right? Um, Newsom's going to have a hard time because he, you know, he's got a little bit of baggage to him right now, right? Mm -hmm. People like him, but he, he speaks really well. He's so slimy. He's like a really good politician, right? <laughs> like, I wish that guy was on our side. Because he's so damn good at what he does, right? Like, how do yeah. you get kicked out of, how do you lose your job but keep your job? Like, that's exactly yeah. what he did. Yeah. And we, we thought we had him with the recall. Yeah. He's like, no, you don't. Yeah. I'm that good. <laughs> yeah. He, he's that good. It's yeah. one of those guys that if you can recruit and flip him, you want that guy. <laughs> you know, he's so yeah. slimy, but I don't know about him personally. But as a politician, purely playing the game. He's phenomenal mm -hmm. at it. Yeah. No. So I think that's why you put him as a number two, because he speaks so well. Mm. You know, and imagine Michelle Obama, who speaks really well. Imagine Gaz Gavin Newsom, who speaks really well. Imagine these guys going around and starting a campaign. Imagine them starting to do their little rallies. And Taylor Swift comes out and does a song. And The Rock comes out. He's like, yeah, these guys are awesome. And they have the celebrity and the smooth talkers. Like... That's the only way they could compete with Trump at this moment, I think. But do you really think that they're going to draw an audience? Remember how um, Trump was just blowing them out of the water with the audiences yeah. that he was getting on the rallies and stuff like that. And I, towards the end, even Obama, or they couldn't even draw an audience when they were trying to campaign for, for Joe. So that's going to be think pretty tough. This is the moment, because... Trump was not supposed to win in 2016. He was not supposed to win. He was not the guy. Hillary was 100% supposed to win that election. Mm -hmm. Everyone believed it, and they discounted Trump because they thought for sure 
this is in the bag. There's no way America votes for Trump. He's a he's a reality star, and yeah. you know we have the Clintons. There's no way we lose. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the hell just happened? I can't believe we just lost this guy. And they've been bitter and angry ever since. Yeah. I think for this next coming election, if it's Michelle Obama and it's Gavin Newsom, you're gonna see a Taylor Swift and Snoop Dogg concert, and these guys are gonna roll out and they're like, hey, free concert with Taylor Swift. You know how Taylor Swift concert tickets are so difficult to get all you gotta do is attend this rally and you get to see her for free mm. yeah yeah that's the thing and that's you know one of the, the the first five episodes we did we focused on manipulation right mm. and uh you know in, in different aspects where you know schools uh entertainment music and all that and and that would be a play in that because they use these celebrities these musicians actors mm. all that because people trust them, right? They think, okay, this this person's, you know, he's doing well in life. You know, The Rock's got millions of dollars. He's in all the good movies. He must know what he's talking about, you know? And then there's that form of manipulation where people just kind of, again, they just kind of see from afar and they go, okay, yeah, it makes, you know, if he's saying that, probably makes sense. He knows what he's doing. He's successful. Um, and And that's how they do it. They get the young people just on these influencers or, or, or celebrities, musicians. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's an easy target when it comes to voters. Can, you know? can I propose something? Cause there's like multiple parts to this, right? And a lot of people don't talk, like to bring up or talk about the cheating that's involved mm. with all of these elections. Right. So let's just say the, the celebrities, but Taylor Swift, The Rocks, all of those people. So they support, you know, the candidate, right? They endorse them. They have the concerts and stuff like that. But just that alone, they're not going to win with that. But it's the illusion that they have that popularity, that they have the backing, the support. And then the second part to it is the cheating. Mm. So then you know, it makes it so that people believe that they actually did win because they do see these people, these mm-hmm. celebrities supporting them and stuff like that. But just by having those, they're not going to garner the 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 votes that they're going to need to be Trump. But on the second part of it is with the cheating that, that does go on. And, you know, in your state, you know, there was quite a bit of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, last time around. And I know that they've been having a lot of court cases, um, you know, a lot of rules being changed and whatnot uh, in your state as far as voting goes. And But what's your part to that second? What's your uh, opinion on that second part as far as cheating goes? So I think there is cheating in every election. Mm-hmm. There is, it's impossible to have an election and there's no cheating. I think the left knows that, the right knows that. We talked right? about 2020. The most secure election we've we've had. Everyone ever. knows that that's a part of the game, mm-hmm. right? How do you cheat the maximum amount with getting de- detected the least? That's a part of the game. It's like if you're in a football game, you kind of grab the guy's jersey when no one's looking. That's a part of the game, mm-hmm. right? You just don't want to get called, right? If you're playing a basketball game, you know, and someone's coming around the screen, you give them a little bit of an elbow. Like that's a part of the game. It's not. It's not against the it's against the rules, but it's part of what you do it. to win. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do it. I think the unspoken rule amongst the leaders is that everyone is allowed to cheat. Mm-hmm. 
mm. right? It's a matter of, are we going to do it? And are we going to catch it? And the fact of the matter is, if the Democrats won that election, the part of the game is to cheat. They did better at it. You have to win by such a large margin that the incremental cheating doesn't work because the federal government themselves admitted that there's fraud, right? And in one of the Trump indictments, they said there was not enough outcome determinant fraud. That's the exact phrase they use, right? Mm. So they they admit that there is fraud, just not, not enough, enough not fraud. Enough. Okay, mm -hmm. then here's my question. How much fraud is too much fraud? Hmm. One vote, 100 votes, 10,000 votes, a million votes. And how do you know that you, the way that you count the fraud votes is correct? If you can't count mm -hmm. the real votes, how can we trust that you know how to count the fraud votes? Right. So the, hmm. the whole thing is flawed in itself. And who determines what's too much fraud or, or what is fraud? Yeah. And if you tell me that it was not enough fraud, then exactly <laughs> how, how much fraud was there? Yeah, what's how the can you tell me? <laughs> how can you tell me there's not enough fraud, but you can't tell me how much fraud there was? It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. It's a part of the game. Yeah. The analogy I like is it's you're at the end of a football game, and it's the fourth fourth quarter, end of the fourth quarter. It's fourth down. The quarterback throws throws the ball, and last play of the game, jump wide receiver jumps up in the air. The cornerback grabs him, pulls him down. No one the refs see it. No one calls. No one calls anything. Game over. You lose. Mm -hmm. You lost, right? They didn't call it. No one's to replay. The game is over. The reality is, is that if you are up by two, three, four touchdowns at the end of the fourth quarter with one play to go, that one play wouldn't have made a difference. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. That's why I always encourage people, even if you feel like your vote doesn't matter, go vote. You have oh, nothing yeah. to lose by voting, mm -hmm. right? If anything, what if your vote does matter and you sat out? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you could have won an election. What if your vote does, doesn't does matter, but you voted anyway? All you lost was 10 minutes of your time. Yeah. Go out of your way and vote. The upside is on the voting with no downside other than a little bit of time on not voting. Mm -hmm. People say, I'm going to make a statement and damn the system, damn the man. My vote doesn't matter. So I'm not going to vote. Yeah. If you care that, just even the slightest bit, just do it. Like there's nothing to lose by doing it. Yeah. And and, and kind of what you're saying is like, cause like people paint it as like the lesser of two evils. And personally, I don't like that because then that that's like a built in, like, well, they're both evil anyway. So who cares? Mm. It's like, no, yeah. I mean, okay. But one is, one is better than the other. One will, when we talk about freedoms, one is going to make sure more than the other that you're not losing your freedoms at a faster rate. You know, they might not protect all of them, but damn it, they're going to at least be like, they're going to slow it down, you know, and there's some that are going to fight for, you know, all your rights, but you can't just, in my opinion, you can't just go, well, they're both evil. Who cares? It's like, no, there's, there's, there's a difference. Yeah. They're, they're all not perfect. And there's some times where you're stuck and you're like, damn, I don't like either of these guys. Uh, you know, but you kind of look at it and you go, OK, well, this guy's going to protect my speech. At least I know he's going to protect my Second Amendment. And, you know, you kind of go, OK, I'm I'm more protected with my freedoms over here than I am here. So at least go at, at it in that route. But, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent is like no matter what, you, you should go vote. You should never just sit out and be where you're so damn pissed that you just, you know, don't participate. 
I mean, I think the presence more than policy, the presence sets the tone of the narrative of the country. When you have a business-minded president in office, people are thinking about business. Mm-hmm. When you have a guy that cares about the economy or wants that always thinking about money, then you're going to have more money because that's what people are thinking about. Not only in the executive level, but in natural people's minds. If you guys spend your day thinking money, 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 you're going to figure out ways to make more money mm-hmm. because that's what you're thinking about constantly. If you have a president that's thinking about social issues, social issues, social issues, and acceptance and diversity and all this, all of a sudden, everything around you, the decisions are about diversity. We're a pretty diverse country. I don't think we need to spend more time on it. You know, <laughs> you guys are in Southern California, right? Yeah. I don't think you go, oh, I wish SoCal was more diverse. Like, that's not yeah. a thing, right? I don't, like, the whole DEI shit, like, I don't get it because it's mm-hmm. like, I have never walked into a company and going like, damn, all these fucking people are white in here. Yeah. Like, you know, every, you go to Target, you go Walmart, you anywhere you go, Home Depot, it's a mix of people. People are already, it's already diverse. Like, we don't need these programs or these things in place where it's like, well, you're not diverse enough. It's like, no, we're pretty fucking diverse out here. So I, I that whole thing makes zero sense to me. I, I don't get it because these policies come from um, extremely liberal cities, mm-hmm. from L.A., from New York City, from Washington, D.C., from Chicago. Anytime I'm one of these cities, they're so diverse. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you need more diversity for? They, they have a skewed uh, definition of what diversity means. Mm. You know, we've talked about it in the, in the past is that, you know, um, Democrats or liberals from, you know, the 60s and early 70s mm. are completely different from, mm. you know, present day. And a lot of people don't make that distinction. They don't pick that up. And they've gone, you know, if we've used... Um, a lot of people have used the expression they've gone so far left that they fell off. Mm-hmm. It's like they're gone, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's the same thing when they talk about diversity. Uh, I heard in Portland that they stopped using they at schools. They wanted people to stop using the term uh, brown bag, like for mm-hmm. lunch, like you're mm-hmm. going to bring a brown bag for lunch because they didn't want to offend it. Mexicans or Latinos and stuff like that. <laughs> Come on, man. That, that never came. That thought never came to our minds. Like now that I think about it, <laughs> and it, and it's like it, it's it, it, it's all language. You know, we brought up uh, the fact that most of those politicians are uh, have backgrounds of you know attorneys and and stuff like that. So they're very. They're they're wordsmiths. They know mm-hmm. how to manipulate with you know how they deliver a, a a message with their words and and cause division and just skew things. And diversity is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I truly believe in less government, right? I think we should have the smallest government possible, oh, and yeah. the go- oh, yeah. role of the federal government should be to manage situations between states to worry about maybe the bigger problems that we have in life. But as far as anything that interferes with a daily life, I don't think they should be involved at all. And that's the problem that we have is that our government is getting so big, so inflated that they spend so much money. Like the fact that they don't even know where they spend money sometimes is crazy. 
you know, like we put them in charge of trillions of dollars. And like, oh, like, sorry, I, I, I can't find the two hundred billion dollars. Like, two hundred billion dollars? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Who loses two hundred billion dollars? Just recently, <laughs> um, weren't they talking about that they couldn't account for two or three billion dollars that um, they sent to Ukraine? Just recently, yeah. yeah. And it's like, how do you misplace billions of dollars? I, I, I don't understand, and it doesn't compute. And a lot of people, I can't believe that people don't get so upset that they that they do that to us. They, they. It, it just it's mind boggling that people are not that interested to to know. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, I think it was like two point three or three point two trillion dollars or two point three billion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. How do you just lose billions of dollars? Mm. Like with a B. And they throw that number around so often. They're like, Oh yeah, three billion? Like no big deal. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Do you know how much three billion dollars is? Or <laughs> well, how many lives that would change? Like, yeah. give me three billion. I'm gonna do a lot of cool stuff with that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> See, I'm gonna identify as Ukraine real quick. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I saw that you made the clip right where you were talking about the 25 billion that's gone to mm. Ukraine, and and that number 25 billion is I use it all the time because um, when Trump was in office. He requested 25 billion to finish the border mm. wall in exchange mm. for citizenship of the dreamers. Mm. So I use that all the time, especially now with mm. Ukraine. It's like, look, they the Democrats didn't want to give 25 billion to finish mm. the wall, but get the dreamer citizenship. Mm. But they're willing to throw it all to Ukraine. Mm. It's like just just remember that because, you know, they they one of the major things that they run on is that, you know, they're going to take care of the dreamers and they're going to get citizenship and, you know, pretty much open, open borders mm. policies. But when it comes down to it, they don't deliver. And who are they, who are they helping out more than all those people that, you know, they made promises to, they, you know, what the kicker, country. The kicker is that, and it's to protect Ukraine's borders. Mm. <laughs> That's the kicker. Mm. People don't realize that um, because when, they said when Trump becomes elected, he's going to kick everyone out of the country, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the amount of people that were that ICE picked up and kicked out of the country during Obama's administration was huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, significantly higher, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like, you know, he would do it like, no, like, again, he had four years to do it. He didn't do it. Right. You know, like, use your brain, use your history, use your experience. You know, don't. Don't believe what people tell you he's going to do. Mm -hmm. What actually happened? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the reality, the reality is, I, I remember because, you know, I've lived in a lot of like really immigrant areas. And during Obama, people were like, oh my gosh, ICE is going to show up. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like a thing. People really thought that a lot. Mm -hmm. And then Trump were like, oh, I'm going to go to Guatemala and back. I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> you know what there, there's there are some people that have that were working here and they went to mexico mm. and they're saying it's harder to get back now and mm. i was like hmm, that makes no no freaking sense to me it's and, harder to like travel in and out um, uh -huh. as kind of people used to do right there was a lot of 
people here illegally that used to go in and out for work and they go and come back, go and come back. Mm -hmm. And there was like a method to it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like an unspoken rule that we allow this to happen. And it's typically people that are going back home to give some money, come back home, right? This. It was like accepted that those were part of it. It's kind of like cheating is accepted in, in politics and, and in voting, right? It was an accepted thing. But then once they kind of opened the border, it's like, okay, we don't want people coming in and out. We don't want people that like to be here to come in and out. We just want people to flood in and we want that to prove our narrative and what we want to do. It's a very different, like kind of very sadistic way to do things. Yeah. Right. Because again, like we were, I've worked in a lot of construction type business. We'd have people come in. It's like, Hey, we're going to go home for three weeks and we'll be back. Like, really? Mm -hmm. Like, is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Like we have a route. <laughs> yeah. Those don't exist anymore. <laughs> the people that are here, like even here already, that are trying to do their best are mm -hmm. not the ones protected. And people think, Oh, they're going to kick around. No, like those guys have been allowed to be here for a very long time. They've been yeah. contributing in their own way to society. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the ones that like we don't know anything about. They're just I have no problem with people coming into this country because obviously I'm an mm -hmm. immigrant. But to let people flood in where people have no idea what's going on, I think that's a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you need to control the <clears throat> influx. You can't just have people flooding in because anything can happen. And there yeah. used to be something honorable about figuring out a way to properly sneak in the country. <laughs> right? Right, there was a little yeah. bit of honor in that, you know. Yeah. Here, you figure at it least, out. At least you had the it. decency to hide it somehow, some way. Now <laughs> yeah. it's like you, yeah. you have no shame. I'm just gonna walk right through that. I'm just gonna walk right through. I'm gonna show up mm -hmm. in this country. I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna work my ass off. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna figure out how to get a driver's license. Eventually, I'm gonna figure out how I can get a green card. And you kind of you you figure you tried really hard to get here, mm -hmm. legally or illegally. And you figure out how to work your way up the system with your goal of, hey, I want to be here legally. Yeah. That was a dream of people that I'm going to sneak in and I'm going to figure it out because mm -hmm. I want to stay. Yeah, They took the honor well, out of sneaking in. <laughs> you know, we, you know, my parents live that, you know, hmm. it's like, and, and this is the way that I described it because there is, there is guilt for the younger generation hmm. that we don't allow, you know, Latinos or Mexicans, you know, we're Mexican Americans mm. to come in as, you know, our parents actually did, right? Mm -hmm. They basically did the same thing. And I go, but you shouldn't have that guilt because the intentions were different. Mm. To your point, parents came in, they worked their ass off. Um, they were good citizens mm. and they could, when it came time to go to San Francisco and be in front of a judge, mm. they had to, you know, they were being vetted, you know, they, mm. they had to bring in certain paperwork, you know, that they were making their payments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had to have sponsors come in, whether it's, you know, from church or community mm -hmm. or school or whatever the case may be, they actually had to come in and vouch for you. You know, these people that are coming in now don't come in with those intentions. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they may be criminals. Who the heck is going to vouch for them and represent them? You know, they have to get vetted at some point and, and they're not going to pass that vetting stage because they're, they're, they're not going to make the cut. They're criminals. They're, some of them are going to be criminals, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's what you're talking about. And right now that you said that, something really resonated with me is that the it's almost like the Second Amendment. So mm -hmm. 
the the law abiding citizens are the ones that get punished mm -hmm. and the one and, and the criminals are the ones that are getting the pass mm -hmm. and it's basically the same thing you know it's sadistic in 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 that same way is we're being punished he knew some he just they're calling it the the syntax mm. you know they're they're taxing you know um firearms ammunition even more now yeah, I think you know? it's at 20% out here now. Yeah. In California. And uh, what what else did he pass? He signed the SB2, which is basically punishing people that have concealed carry licenses. And mm. technically, I don't even know where you can carry now based on that. Like, he elim they eliminated so many areas you can conceal. You're talking about people that went through the whole process, background checks. Mm interview with the sheriff or police chief did did the whole thing got their license and they're able to carry those people are the ones that now like you can't carry near a park you can't carry near you know if you're if you're going to a shopping center and there's some kind of clinic there you can't carry because there's a, a medical facility there so it's like there's so many places they added to the list so it's like no matter where you go something's going to classify as somewhere you can't carry and it's mm -hmm. like they just signed that like two days ago. So, and, and check this out, talking about distractions. So everybody was surprised that um, he vetoed um, oh, yeah. the, the ruling for the parents. Yeah, um, Affirming the child. Yes, the mm. gender, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody was surprised. And, you know, Matt, you said it is that he's probably making a run for, you know, the White House, right? Mm. So... While all of that was happening, he was doing this. Mm -hmm. And that's everything, every, what everybody was talking about. Yeah. So no, it's, that's it's all, true. He's, he also signed SB 14, which is the child trafficking thing into law the, the same day. And then he signs SB 2. And it's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> that guy's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That guy's good. He gets, he, he has a way to figure out how to get things passed that you're like, there's no way. Mm -hmm. There's no way. This makes no sense. No one's going to agree with it. But somehow you wake up and you're like, holy shit, that's a law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, there's no way. Like, I'm sure this this SB2 law is going to go all the way to Supreme Court. Mm. You know, there's there's no way that that gets past the Supreme Court, right? But, but they do it anyways. That's mm. the part that kind of sucks here in California sometimes. It's like they know that it's unconstitutional, that it's not going to fly, but they just go, ah, whatever. We'll see how long we get away with it. So, it it's a tactic, man. They, yeah. they tie it up in the court systems. If it takes two, three years, whatever the case may be, they they know the game. They know what they're doing. They know it's unconstitutional. It's almost like with the mandates, you know, with COVID. They knew that it wasn't constitutional. Mm. And um, they did it anyways. Now, you know, certain rulings are coming down. And it, it was... They're like stating the obvious. It wasn't constitutional. Mm. So, you know, but they 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 were able to put forth what they wanted to do for that time period. And that's mm. it. That's all they care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They just they get away with it or they just that time that they need it. And then yeah. after the fact, it's like, oh, it's already done. You know, <laughs> COVID's over. Who cares? Like, I think recently they just uh, in L.A. County, the teachers. Uh, one a case where, you know, they're not because I think they had to be vaccinated mm. to teach. 
but they won that case. They they threw that, you know, mandate out or whatever, just the other, I think last week or this week. So it's like, and a lot of teachers were also fired because of that. So I think their court thing is still in place where they're trying to get back pay for being fired for, you know, mm -hmm. no good reason. I mean, they're starting to figure out really quickly that forcing people to do things, is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. You tell all the teachers to get vaccinated, a good percentage are like, no, we're good. All of a sudden, there's no teachers. You tell all the airplane pilots, hey, you guys all have to get vaccinated. They're like, oh, we'll just retire. Like, holy shit, there's no pilots, <laughs> you know? Oh, we're going to have all the cops get vaccinated, and we're going to defund you. They're like, you know what? I'm taking my retirement. Forget <laughs> this. I'm out of here. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. We got a problem yeah. here. Backfiring. You know? yeah. yeah. So a lot of the things are backfiring, right? Mm -hmm. And people are becoming aware of that. So I, I know that the world seems weird and that the country seems weird. But I really believe that we're on the pendulum swing back. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone should panic. I think we're oh, in a good no. place. I think we have a lot of momentum in getting the country back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we should be patient right now. You know, uh, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, pay attention to what's going on, uh, align yourself with people that you trust. I think that's the most important thing because issues change. Your stance on things can change. People can change. Mm -hmm. do, is this guy a good guy or not? Mm -hmm. Can I relate to him? And do I feel like he has my best interest at heart? And if the answer is yes, like you just got to roll with it because everything else is just talking points. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And uh, we always try to point out the positive. Um, obviously, they want, you know, to bring us down, be in a mm. constant state of depression, demoralizing, demoralizing us. And one of the things that we said about the the whole New Mexico thing that's happening over there is mm. like, you know, we were thanking her. It's like I was joking mm. around and saying, thank you. It's like mm. you're standing out and you're actually showing us mm what your real agenda is. Mm. So I want to see who's next. Who's going to back mm. her up? Everything's backfiring against her. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'll say her thank you again. And they're <laughs> just really showing their true colors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I live in Georgia and we're allowed to have as many guns as you want. Mm. You know, I know that's man. the good thing about here. Yeah. You know, you're allowed. Yeah. And we also have constitutional carry now. Nice. Um, and we don't have to register or do background checks here. It's one of the few states you don't. So everywhere, everywhere I know has an armory. Mm. There's no one coming for your guns in Georgia <laughs> because so much of the population has so damn many. And even the police have so many, like they're not going to go to their neighbor's house and be like, Hey, Hey Bob, I'm going to need to take all your guns. You know, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. So it'll ha it may be in other areas. Fortunately where I am, I just don't think that's a reality. And I think that's what they're preventing. They're trying to prevent from other states. There's too many out there. Now they can't come get them. Mm. You know, like here, there's too many here. They can't come get them. If anything, and we ever got into an end of the world type of situation, like Georgia's going to be one of the last to fall. Mm. You know? Yeah. We'll Guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, come on over. More than welcome here, guys. Yeah, we'll build a team. <laughs> yeah. No, for us, it, it, it is, uh, you know, so just uh, just to kind of towards the end here. So Georgia overall, like how, how is it from, you know, you're there. Um, how does it look like to you? Because I know 
you have oh my god i'm going blank on their name you got those two senators uh mm. uh oh my Laughlin. god yeah and war warnock war war warnock what's his name yeah oh, yeah something like that right sorry I, I just went black yeah. yeah um uh, and then you got camp so he's he's a republican mm. so it's kind of you got a republican governor and you have democratic oh. senators so kind of how the problem is, is he's a rhino but he is a rhino <laughs> he is a rhino so well how do you how do you see georgia how do you see the future of georgia in general um Georgia is an extremely conservative state. Mm -hmm. Even the liberals are conservative. Mm -hmm. Even, I say all the time, even the liberals go to church. Mm -hmm. I think we're in a time now. I mean, there's a small segment like, damn all conservatives, like burn this thing down, right? I think most people, especially the ethnic community here, they're like, we don't like a lot of this crazy familial stuff going on. Mm -hmm. You, we will be on board with the Democrats, but once you start talking about our kids, we're done. That that's a line for a lot of people, right? That's what you we can't. You can't tell me how I can raise my kids. If mm -hmm. I want to raise my kids as crazy leftist loonies, that's my decision. If I want them to be super conservative and I want them to church seven or eight out of the seven days of the week, that's my decision. Yeah. You as a government have absolutely zero right to tell me how I raise my kid. Mm -hmm. And that's a line for a lot of people, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I think seeing that, hey, we're going to start talking about these issues in school when your kid's 60 years old. They're like, no, no, you're not. No, yeah. you're not. I'm trying to raise my kid to be a certain way. I supported you till now. You start telling me how I got to raise my kid. No. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing a lot of that. Oh yeah, we see the red line. That's that's yeah. our red line. Yeah. We showed a graph. Uh, Daniel pulled up a graph of um, how homeschooling just exploded, mm -hmm. and and that's a tell. It's like yeah. you, you, they thought that they could take the kids away from us. We always use the example that the language that they use mm -hmm. is that um, the children belong to the community, yeah. and and they start you know putting that in mm -hmm. your head. And what we keep saying is that they're not. They don't belong to the community. No. They belong to the family, but they're part of the community. Correct. But you, people need to start paying attention to mm -hmm. the words that they're using, the language that they're using. Very specific words they use there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Have you have you thought of that, Matt? Whether you're gonna homeschool or anything like that? Um, I've I've tossed around the idea a lot. Um, I haven't decided. My daughter is only one years old, mm -hmm. so I have a little bit of time. Um, we'll see. We'll yeah, see, we, you know, there's time to straighten out the school system. Yeah, there you go. There's, yeah, you still got time. <laughs> hey, uh, well, Trump, Trump's been talking about it. Um, it's he's got a lot of things he's going to be coming after that he's hmm. talking about, and that's one of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if it gets revamped. Yeah, I mean, I live or I'm moving to. I live very close to Atlanta now. I'm going to move in about a month out into further into the suburbs more into like the rural area into a really conservative part of the state so maybe i'll be more open to sending my daughter to school there okay. you know because that part that part of georgia where i'm moving that stuff would not fly at all that shit don't fly. <laughs> no not at all they will show up pissed off these moms you know so there's no way that would happen over there so i think wow. that's also so something to think about you know i think mm -hmm. um 
what I've noticed is a lot of single moms. In the cities, there are a lot of single moms. And a lot of single moms, look, I'm raising my son to be a man. Mm-hmm. It's not easy being a single mom and maybe there's no dad at home. I need my kid to become a man, like a man's man, because mm-hmm. he needs to support, he needs to figure out, he needs to grow up, and he needs to take care of mama. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you don't have to be a man. You can choose not to. And like, no, what, what, what you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to be a man. He's going to be a real man, you know? Yeah. And that's weird for people. You know, like they're trying their best. Maybe some of them working two jobs, three jobs, doing their best to get their boys to be real men. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're telling them, oh, they don't have to be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working overtime to make sure my son can be a strong, solid, authoritative man. That has independent, independent mm-hmm. that has the ability to lead, and you're telling him he doesn't have to do that. No, don't you have no right to to overthrow what I'm telling him. Yeah, I think that's really weird for people. Yeah, so I'm not I can't move to Georgia. Uh, Georgia's full. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I talk about Georgia, Will says, dude, stop talking about Georgia. It's not awesome here. Tell people not to come. Because we have a huge problem right now. Everyone from New York and LA and California and Chicago, they keep on coming here mm. because yeah. the cost of living is very low comparative to those areas. And the traffic is bad, but it's like pretty conservative. Again, even the liberals are conservative. Mm-hmm. So people keep on coming. The cost of living is relatively low. Um, the weather is like pretty good. You know, we, we get four seasons, but it's warm like 10 months out of the year. Nice. Yeah. They keep on coming and will's like stop telling them to come <laughs> tell them to stay home we're full <laughs> i'm gonna have to go visit georgia check it out <laughs> check it out it's awesome place. <laughs> no that's cool man no but we'll, I mean, just, we'll just visit william we'll just visit and <laughs> <laughs> you know he's gonna walk around with that side you know when you go to like a parking lot lots full no <laughs> but, but will wants people like us to go there because we'll you know, we'll keep oh, it. Yeah. We're on the same team. We're, We're on the same, same side. <laughs> the reality is, is that all the people that are conservative or lean conservative, if they all leave California, yeah, like you're really messing up California by leaving. No, and that's one thing that we have brought up is there's a lot of people leaving. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving. You know, we're going to, you got to stay and you got to change it from the inside, man. You, yeah, you know, my, my kids are already, you know, 27, 21. And, um, you know, um, I instilled, um, I deprogrammed them when they went to mm. school and they were trying to indoctrinate mm. them. So, you know, they're, they're on the same side as we are. And that's what we got to keep doing is, you know, we can't allow them to, to destroy California. You know, we're going to take mm. it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, you know, in in a sense, the the easy thing to do is, well, yeah, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Texas, or you know, I'm gonna go to Idaho, or or whatever, right? Go to a conservative state, and but it's like no, if because a lot of people have left, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people that were here in California, a lot of if you want to call them influential people, were here in California too, and then they're gone. So, you know, it it doesn't help because. One thing that I noticed in here in California, especially the last governor election that we had, you know, yeah, Newsom still won, but I did notice that it wasn't as big as a margin as mm-hmm. it used to be. So it's well, like, okay, the fact, uh-huh. the fact that the 
there was enough votes for for a recall. I mean, yeah. that should speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then the gap wasn't as big as it normally is, right? And then you would see, okay, you know, oh, this this other guy, Brian Dolly, won this county, this county, this county. He won a lot of counties, but you know, he lost, he lost the uh, L.A. County, you know, San Francisco, the Bay Area, all those big liberal counties where it's like, all right, that's you lose those, it's a wrap. Um, but you know, seeing that is encouraging. So it's like, okay, yeah, then you know, I can't leave. I have to be. We have to be here, like you said, fix it from the inside. Uh, try to encourage people to kind of, you know, whether it's pay more attention or kind of rethink the the decisions they've been making as far as who they've been voting for. Because, you know, you know, California, as soon as the poll closes, you know, especially presidential, anything, it's like, boom, 55 electoral votes to to the Democrat right at it, right when it closes. So, you know, we we're we're. We're going to be here and we're going to try to fight against that. You know, there's a lot of people that have the same thought. It's a lot of, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard of Anthony Cabasa. He's mm -hmm. here in California. Um, you know, he's got a big following and, you know, he's he's said before, too, he's not leaving. And, you know, I think people like that are. Yeah. You, you know, we're needed here. It, it sucks sometimes, you know, and, and it is a, a state of where you kind of get demoralized. But. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, like you said, man, if we all leave, then, you know, California is, is a beautiful state. If we all leave, it, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't think like nothing nice. Y'all are the true soldiers. If you guys can flip California, you will change the trajectory and the history of this country forever. Yeah. So your mission is bigger than anybody else. You know, no, wear that heavy on your shoulders. Makes me nervous. No, I I feel like I make a bold statement when I say that in California we are the majority. It's just mm -hmm. the system that gives us that illusion, mm -hmm. and people fall for it. So you know, some people tell me, even my wife at some point goes, "You're crazy for thinking that," and I'm like, "No, you know, it's it's mm -hmm. the to me it's the truth." And I base it off of the people that I speak to and everything. Mm -hmm. I do acknowledge that there's pockets, you know. Silicon Valley pockets of the Silicon mm -hmm. Valley because I've been to Campbell and certain areas over there where it's deep in there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of damn conservatives there. But it's the illusion that they feed us. Mm -hmm. And if we believe it, it's our reality. Yeah. Period. If you, if you guys can shift the Latino population in California, you guys are the world's heroes. <laughs> it's already there. It's already there. Daniel pulled up a graph of, um, um, you know, the the Latino in mm. young men too, you mm. know, that are conservative. It, you know, it's in the sixty for sixty four percent. Yeah, Kyle, somewhere every, leading everybody, leading all other ethnicities. So you just also need to get them out to vote. Because yeah, that, that's the key. Yeah. It's a little hot today. I'm gonna stay home. <laughs> hey, there's a new game on. I'm just gonna stay home and watch this. You know, yeah. there's so many reasons for people to make an excuse. Mm -hmm. you need to, that's where you have to push. Get off your ass and just go do it. Yeah. You know. One hundred percent. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see where we are in the, in the year, right? With the elections coming up. That's one thing that we've said before. Also, is like, well, we we weren't we weren't around last election cycle, but. Now we're going to be around making some noise. Uh,
talking to some people. Um, you know, we've had we've already had uh, one congressional candidate from California on the show. So, you know, we're trying to talk to everybody and, and you know, hopefully try to get California going back into, you know, or the, a good path, because right now it's it's tough out here. <laughs> it's tough yeah. in the streets. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I think that's all. Um, can I ask you, I on your Instagram page, right? Mm -hmm. Before you started posting a lot of the content you post mm -hmm. now, you're posting a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. So what 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 would what's uh talk talk to me about that real quick? <laughs> so I'm gonna say, I forget how many years ago, um, I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna YOLO and I'm gonna buy this Lamborghini. It was like this one thing that I did, and I bought one. And I started driving it just everywhere. I'm like, dude, I have a fucking Lamborghini. I'm going to drive it. <laughs> and I started driving it. And people started, like, following my page. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, I like cars. I like drive. I like cars. And I started talking to people. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start building my car. Because I like to build cars. That used to be my thing. All right, I'm going to put a cool wrap on it. I'm going to put some wheels on it. I'm going to do all this. And all of a sudden, people are like, oh, wow. Like, he drives it and he's building it. And then I started taking it to, like, different car shows. And I would let the kids sit in my car and rev the engine. My car used to be loud as hell. And I used to do all of this, and people used to enjoy it and have fun. So I did that. Um, I had it supercharged. I had I changed the wrap on it like four times. All these wheel companies were sending me different wheels. I kept on changing the wheels. Nice. I had a blast. I loved that car. I thought I would keep that car for the rest of my life. Mm. And then I was in Miami with that car, and I got rear-ended by two mclarens Ooh. oh yeah damn how many people are ever gonna say that i got rear-ended by two mclarens and and the insurance company told my car because the engine shifted like this much they didn't want to deal with it yeah right? yeah so i so they you know i had to get rid of the car i bought another one with the money that i made and i don't know it just wasn't the same mm. you know like you spend like three years building a car working on that car like changing it. I knew everything about it. I had driven it. I drove it from New York to New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan. I've mm. taken it from uh, Las Vegas to LA to Monterey, back to Mon back to Vegas. Like I've taken this thing all over the country, driving everywhere. I thought I was keeping it forever. It was like a part of who I was. And when I lost that car, man, I don't know. It was just never the same for me. You know, it's funny how you get really attached to those type of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then I'm like, mate, you know, I sold the car. I sold that second car during COVID. Because during COVID, I was never driving. It felt weird to me. Like, I have this really fancy car. People are at home. They're like, suffering. I'm driving around this Lamborghini. And people have, like, their masks on, going to work, like, miserable. I felt like such a douche. Mm. Right? It just wasn't the same anymore. You know, when people were happy and... Like the economy was good and people were like having fun. It wasn't the same vibe. And you're yeah. at a gas station. People want to talk to you about the car. Like, uh, like I don't want you to give me the death virus. Like, I'm good. Like, don't touch me. You know? <laughs> it felt weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I never drove it. And um, and then the car market went crazy mm -hmm. for like this short stint. And someone offered me significantly more money than I bought it for a few years ago. Like, take it. I'm mm -hmm. done. And I just never got back into like cars. And then I had a daughter, 
Like, well, what am I going to do with like a really cool car? What is she going to do? Like ride shotgun? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then I got into a buddy's car the other day, like a few months ago. And, you know, I used to drive, I used to do like these things, like take the track, like have a lot of fun in the car. I got into the car and he started like hauling ass in this thing. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, oh shit, what if I die? Because now I got a daughter. No. <laughs> Before it never crossed my mind. Like, I have no fear. I will go anywhere. I'll do anything. I don't care how fast. 200 miles an hour. No big deal. All of a sudden, now that I feel like I have this responsibility and I need to get home. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like. It's not fun know? no more. <laughs> it's not the same anymore. Because now I'm thinking like, oh, I, I got to make sure I get home tonight. Yeah, I got to get home. And yeah. it's funny how like having a kid like changes the way you think, the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. And I've been done ever since. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's true, man. Well, I've told Danny before, you know, right now, like, well, one of my biggest fears is like, what if I die? Like, and my kids are still small, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, that's my fear. Like, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's like, I, I got to get home, right? I got to be when I'm driving, I got to be careful, whatever I'm doing, right? I got to try to be, you know, I, I got to make it home, you know, because I don't know, like, I, like you said, it's like you have your kids and, you know. My my goal is to hopefully see them. I don't know. Hopefully they're 60s, 70s. You know, that would be a long life for me. But like, you know, it's like you, you love your kids and, and you just you just want to see them as long as you possibly can. But if you ever end up in a position in life where you don't have as much responsibility and you have a little bit of extra money sitting around and you're a guy and you like cars. Definitely do it once. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> it's so yeah. worth it. People are like, oh, it's so stupid. You look like a douche. No, you feel awesome as that douche. All right. No, um, the reason we're kind of asking you is my son, as I mentioned, he's 21, but it's since yeah. he was a toddler, he's been into cars. Mm. I was a like a muscle car, old school car mm. guy. And you know, I've had a bunch of cars in my past. Mm. And um, but Ever since he was little, he could name me like all the Porsches, Lamborghinis, mm. the McLarens, the P1s, the mm. Bugattis, and mm. all that cool stuff. And we were actually at the, um, uh, what did they call that? Uh, the Car Week, uh, Motor Week in Monterey. Mm, Monterey Car Week. Mm. Yep. And, uh, you know, we spent, a, he, he's got a Corvette now. Mm. So we, we're kind of driving around over there and we got to see all the cool cars and stuff like mm. that. So, um, to your point, you know, my kids are already grown now, so I'm kind of like circling back to that (laughs) point in my life again. (laughs) So, you know, if, if I get the opportunity, I'm definitely going to do it. (laughs) What's even fun is take your kid, take your son who's 21 to Vegas, rent a Lamborghini for two days, have fun. Mm. So, you know, we, we, when he was, um, uh, 15. Mm. We took him to the track that they have out mm. there and they drove him around in uh, Lamborghini and all that yeah. Ferrari and all that stuff. Yeah. So we've actually been talking about that, what you just mm. said right now. And, <laughs> Do it uh, because have him like pull up to the hotel, pull up the valet, you know, <laughs> that feeling that he gets at 21, getting out of that car. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, who just showed up? Yeah. It will motivate him to get off his ass and work harder. I yeah. swear. Because he's going to be like, Dude, this is awesome. I need to buy one on my own. And then he's going to be like, I need to work harder. 
I need to figure. Yeah. I need to start thinking of more oh, creative ways uh, to make money. He's got a crazy that, work. All, he's already there. He's uh, yeah. you know, GT three is his next yeah. purchase after this, and stuff like that. So if we do that, it's gonna just put like a hyper gear. <laughs> That's that, the age you know? to do it, man. You know, yeah. that's the age. Yeah. I wish when yeah. I was 21, I was like, I need to buy a Lamborghini tomorrow. I wish yeah. I felt like that because, yeah. like, that's the best time to like go all in on your stuff. You know, yeah. there's nothing to lose. You can take as much risk as you want. You can be whoever you want, and you can try the craziest ideas out there. <laughs> and sometimes it's that crazy idea falls to the wall, 150 miles an hour, that just ends up. And all of a sudden, it's like, Daddy, guess what I bought you? Yeah. Good son. Right now, I just I just put the the best I can do right now is put the Explorer in uh, sports mode and you know, <laughs> get that nice little. <clears throat> but yeah, but I mean, other than that, Matt, you know, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's you know, been a pleasure. Yeah, I enjoyed the conversation and, you know. Hopefully we can do it again. Your studio looks dope, by the way. So oh, thank you, you know, man. Thank you. Hopefully one day we're out there, we'll we'll Come stop by, by or something. If you're ever in California, hit us up. Uh, you know, we're we're out here. But you know, again, thank you for for coming on. Um, where can everybody find you? And you know, we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, I think if you just search Matt Kim podcast on Google or on Instagram or um, anything, pretty much it should pop up at this point. Uh, Mad Attack 009, I think, is on Instagram. Uh, other than that, just type in Mad Kim. I'm pretty easy to find these days. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. Yeah, I had even to... better, even oh. better, even there better. So, again, thank you for coming on, and you know, hopefully, we can do this again. And everybody that tuned in, thank you, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank, thank you, guys. The pleasure, everybody. Have a good one.